0: I've been talking, um, I've been talking uh, the last few weeks, just, I I felt on assignment by the Holy Spirit, who, uh, I have a whole series that I'm ready to speak, but the Holy Spirit just won't let me do it, and and there'll be a time where He will let me do it, but I've been talking about this, uh, there's hope, Uh, how many know that there's still hope, how many know that when you know Jesus, there's hope, how many know that Jesus is the hope of the world, Amen, and uh, I've been talking about this hope and uh and and what God has for his people and what God wants to do and if you have your Bibles, do me a favor, turn to Luke chapter four uh, uh, and we're going to be in verses eighteen and nineteen. Amen. I love to hear those babies. Amen, amen. Just amen to me right right there, Luke chapter 4, verse uh, 18 and 19, and um, Zaley, come here real fast. All right, thank you. Um, so Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, and I'm going to be reading this out of the uh, New King James Version, and um, this has been the primary verse that I've been speaking about using this and it says this. I love this verse. If you want to read it with me, it says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery to sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Verse 19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. How many know that 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 is uh, Jesus that day uh, fulfilled? That is written in Isaiah, and he read that in the synagogue there in Nazareth. And and, in Luke, he's reading that here, uh, rereading it there. And that day, Jesus fulfilled that bit of Scripture in the synagogue that day. He got up after that and said, hey, this has been fulfilled in your hearing today. And he sat down. I said a couple weeks ago, then it was mic drop and walked out. And they were like, oh, my goodness, who does this guy think he is? Remember, Nazareth, Jesus was from Nazareth. And they, they thought, is this the, the son of Joseph? And, uh, you know, and so they, they kind of were uh, in doubt that Jesus was who he claimed to be there. And, and so he fulfilled this bit of scripture. How many know that God has called uh, us, you know, how many know that when you have Jesus in your heart, you are connected uh, to the Lord? Amen. And knowing that, that we are connected to the Lord. How many know that we are the bride of Christ? Amen. That's what Scripture says. And and God has commissioned you and God has called you uh, to do great things and to spread the gospel message to a hopeless world. Amen. I want to tell you something. The hope of Jesus is in you. Some of you need to tell yourself that, that the hope of Jesus is in you. You and so I want to talk to you on this this simple subject of of this it's uh, we know that there's still hope but this is what I want to talk about this hope through me this hope talking about Jesus uh, through me amen so will you bow your heads with me Lord I thank you for this day God I thank you for your mercy and grace God I pray Lord that you would anoint me God. Lord, as you see fit, God, I'm an oracle of you. God, I pray, Lord, that the words that come out of my mouth would not be my own, but they would be yours. God, I pray, pray, Lord, that hearts would be changed forever, God, that lives would be redirected forever, God. And I believe, Lord, that there is power in the blood of Jesus. And, God, we just pray that over this service. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. I'm going to take a drink because I'm a little dry in my throat today. How many have ever been dry in your throat today? Amen. I asked my daughter just a second ago, I said, can you go get my, my water? And she said, absolutely, and I'm grateful for that. So I want you to do this. Look at your neighbor, smile at him real big, and, and I want you to say this. Uh, we're supposed to be talking while pastor takes a drink. All right, thank you for doing that. Uh, give me a minute to, whew, that felt good on my throat. Um. So the church is uh, the bride of Christ has been commissioned and we've been called by God to spread the gospel message. Did you know that? How many how many know that you carry this message, uh, this gospel, this this life changing message inside of you if you know Jesus Christ? And you are commissioned by Jesus, if you read Matthew, uh, you know, the great commission there out of Matthew, and Jesus commissions us to go and to spread the gospel, okay? He tells us to go spread the gospel. So our mission as a church is to spread the hope of Jesus, amen? Uh, Matter of fact, if you are a believer in Christ, this hope resides within you, and this this, this message is not for just for you, but it's, but it's our command by Jesus to spread the gospel of hope to our world. I, I love this. So uh, I want to look at this. It's, it's interesting. I want to just kind of tell this story. And if you have your Bible, you can jump to the book of Acts chapter 16. I'm going to share something here. And I think there's some things that we can glean as believers to help us spread the gospel of Christ. All right. Um, in Acts chapter sixteen, Paul at the beginning of this, he is he's in Lystra, and and he is there, and he finds young Timothy. How many know that that Timothy was a young young pastor that Paul uh, mentored? How many know you need a good mentor? And Paul saw something in Tim, Timothy. Listen to me, listen to me. Some of you people uh, who may be of the older age, maybe you're a little sage, maybe you got a little wisdom in your hairline, right? Come on, somebody. Somebody, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, um, and so, you know, in this process, uh, uh, Paul, he sees Timothy and he sees something in him. I need, uh, listen, listen, listen to me. I need some people in this body to start looking to see uh, some possibility in these young people down here. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. Uh, We have great youth directors. We have great children's pastors. But listen to me. You can be a voice that speaks into these kids. Sorry I called you guys kids. Students. Young adults. How about that? And so I love this, Paul, he's there in Lystra, and he sees Timothy, and he says, hey, I, I'm going to take you with me on my second missionary trip, and I, I want you to go with me. And then, So then there's Paul, and there's Silas, and then there's Timothy, and, and here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to go to Asia. How many know this story? They're trying to go to Asia, and, and if you read the scripture there, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase this. Uh, it says that the Holy Spirit did not permit them to go. I want to tell you something. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says no. Even when you want to do it, the Holy Spirit sometimes says no. This is not the course of action and this is not the place that you should be going. Even if it's right or, or you know, you may think it's right in your mind. How we know that the Holy Spirit knows best? So this is Interesting. And so they, they, they were trying to go to Asia, and then they're like, okay, we won't go there. Now we'll go to this town called uh, Bithynia. And, and, and when on their way there, the Holy Spirit stops them again and says, no. I don't know how the Holy Spirit spoke to them. I don't know uh, if it was a dream, if it was a prophetic word, if it was just in prayer. But how many know that when the, the Holy Spirit's no is just as effective as the Holy Spirit's yes? Amen? Let me give you some examples of when the Holy Spirit says no to you. When you're about to sin and you feel that conviction in your heart, the Holy Spirit says, I, 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 I. nope. Right? Anybody ever been there? I've been there. All right. Uh, so anyways, the Holy Spirit stops them from going to Asia. Then he stops them from going to Bith- Bith- Bithynia. And then, then they go to Troas. And so uh, when they go to Troas, Paul has this vision of this Macedonian man or this guy out of Europe. And, and, and then in this vision, this Macedonian man says, hey, come to us. Come help us here in, in Europe and come help us. And this, Macedonia would be modern-day Greece, all right? Uh, and so uh, so it's interesting. God did not allow them to go to Asia Minor, nor south, uh, but sent them to modern-day Greece and Europe. So this is interesting. There were no churches founded there at this time and it's interesting and so it's they pick up uh, it, you know, and I believe this uh, honestly because Luke, uh, they pick up Luke at Troas, and now it doesn't say that Luke is with him specifically. Now, w- many scholars believe that Luke wrote the book of Acts, and and I'll give you some reasons why. Because, uh, it, uh, you know, when he says we went to uh, we went to uh, Neapolis, he says that we that would be the writer of the book of Acts. So apparently, Luke was there. Luke was a physician. I, there's all kinds of uh, you know things that you could pull out of this, but but what happens is in Acts Acts chapter 16, it says that they set sail to Troas. And it's like 168 miles across the sea there. And interesting enough, it says that they had a wind behind them and it pushed them 168 miles in two days. How many know that when God ordains something, it is a suddenly and it happens fast. So when you are obedient to God, he will move you where you need to be a closed door with God is just as much God's will as an open door I need you to understand that today okay I'm setting a little bit of a foundation today we're going somewhere with this I love this this uh, 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 David Livingston he was a great missionary of the 19th century he wanted he's out of Scotland and he wanted to go to China to be a missionary but God redirected him to Africa and 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 his response to God redirecting him to Africa is this. And I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to adopt this into my life. He said this, I'll go anywhere as long as it's forward, Lord. And I want to tell you, church, cornerstone, right now, today, I'll go anywhere that the Lord wants us to go as long as it's forward in him. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And as a church it's important that we be discerning to God's will and and my prayer is God uh, we will go anywhere do anything as long as it's forward in your will. And we see Paul following the leading of the Lord. And can I tell you something when you're right smack dab in the middle of God's will it is fun. You know why? Because you don't know what the next turn's going to be sometimes you just don't know because and because Paul is obedient the Lord here has and I talked about this last week has anointed him and appointed him how many know that God has anointed you and God has appointed you to spread the gospel and and so Paul being anointed and appointed he he goes and he is obedient to spread the gospel in Philippi and so today I say this cornerstone I'm here to remind you that you are anointed and appointed to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen? For the four of you that gave that affirmation of amen, come on. How many know that it is our job, Cornerstone, to, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? All right, thank you. Thank you. It only takes four of you. I'll keep going, I promise. So Paul, as our example, I, I want to look at what Christ did through Paul in Philippi. In, in chapter 16 alone, and, and just by sharing the hope of Jesus Christ, there's three instances I want to look at where, where Paul was used by God, okay? And, and, and so in just a few short days, how many know that God can do some incredible things? I want to tell you this. If you will get right in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing, if you will stay right with Him, you'll have some suddenly moments. Things that you thought were impossible will begin to happen because nothing is impossible with God. Amen? So this is what I want to tell you. I want to give you just three three things here. Three things here, and and the first thing that Paul does when he gets to uh, uh, there to uh, Philippi in Acts chapter sixteen, verse thirteen through fifteen, it says this. And on the Sabbath day, he went outside the gate to the riverside, down by the riverside, right where we suppose there was a place of prayer, and he sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. And one who heard was a woman named Lydia. Everyone say Lydia. She was from the city of uh, Thyatira, a seller of purple goods. Everyone say purple goods. Who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart. Everyone say the Lord opened. To pay attention to what what uh, was said by Paul. So the first th- first thing I want to talk about this first transformation uh, transformational moment that Paul had coming into Philippi was this connection here and this this contact with Lydia. And the first thing that God moves, okay, one of the ways that God can move in a person's life is through the truth of God. Everyone say the truth. Truth. Everyone say truth. So here we see this woman, these women they're having prayer. And they're meeting by the the river. And it's interesting, why were they by the river? Because they're in Gentile country up here in, in Philippi. It's all, nothing but, but Gentiles. And Paul, primarily, when he would go to visit a city, he would find the synagogue because that was a good place to pray. That was a good place to witness. But we know this, that there was no synagogue there. So that tells us, listen, we know by Jewish tradition that if there was ten Men that were Jewish in the city, they had to have a synagogue in the city. So that tells us that there was not even ten Jewish men in that city, but they were all Gentiles. Everyone say Gentiles. Stick with me. I promise, we're going somewhere with this. Interesting uh, that that uh, you know Paul's first experience of the Macedonian man is a woman, right? Remember, he had this vision, and there was a Macedonian man said, "Hey, come, come to us. We we need you to come to us." But the first person, the first group of people that he runs into is a group of women. I I I think that's so. I think that's so cool. I, and 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 we need to understand this in visions. It's often different than what we uh, what we were thinking, but better than what we can imagine. Amen. So sometimes if God gives us something and we know, hey, I have this dream and we have this idea of what it is, that God said he would do abundantly, above, exceedingly, more than we could ask for. And so sometimes we put these parameters on God. This is the dream and God's like, I got something bigger than this if you'll just let me do what I'm going to do. Amen. And so uh it's our job. Here's the thing. I, I want to tell you, it's our job when we get in those moments to go with the flow of what the Holy Spirit is doing and what God is doing. Paul did this in this moment. So so who is Lydia? Who is Lydia? She we know this, she's she's a woman, she's a seller of purple, and purple's interesting because purple clothes were expensive back then. Anybody got purple on today? No, not really, all right. Purple clothes back then were, it was a sign that you were wealthy. It was like having Louis Vuitton or Prada. I don't know what those brands are. I had to look those up because I don't even know what they are. It showed that you had money and prestige when you wore purple. Why was it so... uh, uh, why did rich people only have it? Purple dye it came from from snakes and it was very hard to get and and it was expensive to get and to use. And so this woman Lydia, that's what she did. She dealt in purple garments. She she was a Louis Vuitton handbag, you know, passer-outer. So uh, but it was all purple, right? And and she came to know Christ by the truth of the gospel. How many know that God's word still stands? Amen. Hey Amen, BJ. I'm with you right there. The Word of God still stands. The truth of the Scripture still changes lives. How many believe that? Amen. And, and faith comes by what? Hearing what? Oh, man, come on, somebody. And she began to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And it says this that the Lord opens her heart to hear what Paul was saying. John chapter 6, verse 44, it says this No one can come to me, this is Jesus speaking, unless the Father who sent me draws him. Listen, you'll not come to the Lord on your own power, but it's by the drawing of the Father, by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So some of you say, Hey, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but when you're sitting here in service and you feel that conviction in your heart and you're like, I need to do something, that is the Lord saying, Come. Come, come talk to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so this is why it's important to pray before we go evangelize. Listen to me. You know what you ought to do when you get up in the morning? You ought to pray. God, put someone in my path today and let God do what do, soften their hearts, Lord, before I even speak to them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would soften their heart for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You know what 's interesting, my wife was talking there, and I appreciate her for sharing this story. you know we had a lady she had to come to our house for uh, uh, some some reasons and 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 in the process of coming to our house, Tristan was with her, and she began to to talk to her and she began to have conversation with tristan and she Tristan said, um, you know uh, you know she asked Tristan she said what what do you do for a living?" and she said my husband 's a pastor she said really she said i 'm going through this terrible." terrible divorce right now and i'm i am struggling deep down in my in my heart and i'm i'm struggling so bad right now and i want to quit and i i want to give up and and in that moment in that moment my wife said let's pray about it she began to take her hands right there all right we, we didn't know if this lady was a believer or not but she began to pray for her and she took that moment and how many know that god will provide you moments listen we got to lead in prayer we got to go and say hey god if you will open the door for me god help me to walk through that and speak life into somebody amen this hope is in you amen Oh, let me take some slack off of you. When I was, when I was young um, and I would tell someone about Jesus, I always took it personally when they uh, rejected. You know what I mean? Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, I know I don't look as old as I am, but when I was growing up, I remember we did some uh, door-to-door evangelism. And, and there was times where you knocked on a door and you said, hey, I'm from this church and I just want to tell you about Jesus. Anybody ever have a door slammed in your face? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and man, sometimes that hurts because you're like, man, I, I'm not a mean person here. I'm not trying to, to, to hurt you. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to tell you about what God's done in my, in my, in my life. And, and But this is what Jesus said. He said, whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. So let me tell you something. When you tell someone about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and they are hard-hearted, listen to me, it won't land sometimes. When they say, hey, I'm not about that. I'm not about that, Jesus. Listen, you can just relax because they are rejecting Jesus and not what you're telling them. Understand that. So Jesus, that that takes some slack off us. So people struggle with the truth of the gospel. You know why? It challenges us. And it makes us change. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance is what the scripture tells us. And some people will not... Allow the Lord to change them. Some people are just hard-hearted, and they're, they're mad, and they're frustrated, and they don't know what's going on. And it takes the Holy Spirit to soften them. And let me tell you something. Before you ever minister, before you ever get out the door in the morning, you ought to pray, God, to the people that I am able to talk to today, God, would you soften their hearts before I even get to them? Lord, will you give me discernment to speak the things that I need to speak to them? Amen? So look at this. Lydia was drawn in by Paul's message of hope within him, and she was forever changed. And you know what she was changed by? The truth of God's word. Plain and simple. The truth. Everyone say the truth. Look at this. Verse 15 says, and after she was baptized, after she had this moment, she was saved, she was baptized, and her household as well. And and the scripture says this, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so she's giving these guys, these four guys, I've got a place for you. And she prevailed upon us. What that means is she was a good saleswoman. She says, hey. I need you to come. You know, if you're good at selling purple goods, she must have dealt with some people. This purple garment is better than this purple garment, right? This more expensive one is better. And so she was a salesman. She said, you know, uh, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay with me. What What are they supposed to say? So she, I find this interesting. But after her, after her transformation there by the truth of God, something amazing happens. Something really amazing happens. She goes... To how can I use my resources to help the gospel? Once you're changed by the presence of God, your whole life changes. How can my resource if I give towards missions? Can I bless somebody in another country? Can I can that they may know Jesus Christ? If I give, can I give to to these ministries and, and, and people that that spread the gospel? And so here's what we need to know. This is what we got to understand in this. The truth changes us. Amen? The hope in you. Uh, it makes us want to share the hope to the world. How many, how many are saved by grace? How many are free from the bondage of sin? How many have uh, are going to heaven? Listen, you have the hope of Jesus in you, and somebody is waiting on you to speak the truth to them. Some people respond to the truth of God. There, one way that God builds his church is simply the truth of the gospel. Everyone say, the truth of the gospel. And let me tell you something, and he draws Number two right here. Everyone say number two. Everyone say demonstration. This is interesting. In Acts chapter 16, you go down a little bit further, go to the 16th uh, uh, verse, it says this. As we were going to a place of prayer, I mean, Paul's just going, this is just a few days later. We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. And brought her owners much gain by fortune telling, so let me give you a little backstory here. this woman she is a slave, and these people that own her know that she is demonically oppressed and she goes around telling fortune tellers uh, telling fortunes and things that th- that the demons are are telling her and in the process of doing that, the people that own her are exploiting her. Come on somebody. They are exploiting her for money. Verse 17 says this. She followed them, and this is what happens when you have the Holy Spirit. She followed Paul and us crying out as they're walking around. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. It's interesting. So Paul and Silas are going around Philippi, and they're preaching the gospel to everyone. And this woman who is a slave uh, to some people, and she is demon-possessed and could tell, tell fortunes and, and made them a lot of money. You know, it's interesting to me. How, how many remember, some of you may be old enough to remember the, the, the Psychic Friends Network? Anybody remember those commercials? Listen to me. Do not call Psychic Networks. All right, Pastor, i going to give you a little bit of wisdom right here. Do not open yourself up to those things. I'm going to tell you something about the Psychic uh, Friends Network. I remember seeing commercials about it. Did you know that the Psychic Friends Network went bankrupt in 1998? Tell me how a psychic organization cannot see that they are going in the hole. Come on, somebody, right? And listen to this. And after that bankruptcy, they had to settle uh, an SEC fraud case because they were known to be fraudulent. Can I tell you something? The devil is a fraud. The devil is a liar, okay? He does not know a truth. Come on, somebody. He does not know a truth. The Bible says that we are not to entertain these things, okay? Listen to me. Listen to me, child of God. You don't, don't need to open yourself up to these things. The Bible says this in John, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So the closer that I get to him, I cannot have the darkness of this world and be in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. So her owners are there exploiting her for, for many days, and she's following around Paul and Silas. And can you imagine? It's kind of like having a little brother or sister behind you, and they just keep saying this. And, and scripture tells us this that, that she kept doing, doing this for many days, and Paul, having become greatly annoyed, everyone say, greatly annoyed. Turned and said to the spirit. Listen, notice who he's talking to here. He didn't say to the girl. He said to the spirit. Ephesians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against spiritual, spiritual things and principalities and high places. And so he knew who he was talking to. The scripture says this, that he turned to her and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. You know what that is? That is the demonstration of the power of Jesus Christ. Paul was anointed and Paul was appointed. Everyone say, that's demonstration. Another translation says this, that uh, Paul, it doesn't say that Paul was annoyed, but it says that he was grieved or distressed. He was grieved that she was demonically oppressed and, and he Probably had some compassion on her in his heart and thought, man, Lord, you've got so much better for her. So he commands this demonic spirit to leave in Jesus' name. And, and, and I believe Paul's greed for this woman's condition. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you wept because of someone's condition? Because you know that you have the hope of Jesus Christ. And maybe they don't see it clearly. And maybe they're, maybe they're in bondage. When's the last time you wept over somebody? Come on. I know that's that's a tough that's a tough chastisement but right man but but listen we're never going to win people to Christ if we don't start loving people to Christ if we could start seeing people the, the way that Christ sees people you know what we see them you know we may see a homeless person a drunk a drug addict or whatever but can I tell you something god sees the redeemed and god sees them as as a, their testimony and what they can be amen So Paul spoke with authority because of two things, the anointing of God and through Jesus Christ. Listen, it was not anything that Paul did. Come on. It wasn't anything that Paul did, but it was through the blood of Jesus Christ. So Paul understood where the power in him came from. He understood this. Look at this. First Corinthians two, chapter four through six, and this is Young's literal translation. And say, what in the world is Young's literal translation? This is a Greek expert, and he breaks down the New Testament and, and 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 word for word, just the way the Greek meaning is. And it says this: "In my word, and this is Paul speaking here, and he says this: and my word and my preaching was not in persuasive words of human wisdom. How many know that? Amen. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power." That is your faith may not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let me give you a little breakdown on that. So the word spirit in this scripture is the word, uh, Greek word pneuma. Everyone say pneuma. Everyone go. That's what it means. Breath. The breath of God. Okay. The word spirit is the breath of God. And the word power is dunamis. Everyone say Dunamis. And dunamis is this word that is miraculous power breathed by the Holy Spirit. So Paul saying this, I am not good enough to entice you with words of wisdom that I have, but I come to you with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in me. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said this, but you will receive power. Everyone say dunamis. When the Holy Spirit, everyone say numa. Pneuma has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and all of Samaria and to the end of there. So Jesus said, you shall receive power, the dunamis power, when the Holy Spirit, the pneuma, the whoosh, comes upon you. How many, how many say, hey, Lord, I want, I want to do those things for you. And God, I, I, and this is what it takes. It takes the Holy Spirit breathing on you. Amen. And listen, Jesus said this to his disciples in a moment. And when he's about to ascend, and he says this to his disciples, and you know what they're worried about? God, are you going to come back and build the kingdom of Israel? That's what they're saying to him. He's like, I want to give you the power of the Holy Spirit, and I want to breathe it into you. So, how many know that we need God to breathe on us once again? Amen. And I say this, Lord, send a fresh wind. God. What you're doing right now in this nation, God, will you send a fresh wind over this body right now? Will you just lift your hands and just begin to proclaim, God, send a fresh wind. God, send a, a, a pneuma, Lord. <sighs> Lord, begin to begin to just blow on this place, God. God, we open our hearts. We open our hearts. So Paul does something here, and he casts out this demon in Jesus' name with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. She was changed by the demonstration of the power of God. Can I tell you something? Some people are going to come to know Christ because they see signs and miracles and the demonstration of the power of God. Let's let's look at this in Acts chapter 3. There's a man, a lame man by the gate. And there you see uh, Peter and, and John walking by him and he's begging for alms, right? And 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 he's like, "I I need money, I need money." And you know Peter, this is what he says. He says, "Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, rise up and walk." And in that moment that guy is healed and transformed by by the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And matter of fact, if you look at that text, you will see that he is out testifying what God has done in him. Sometimes it comes by demonstration. Amen. You know what's interesting? Paul cared enough about this woman to see her free and she was in bondage to a demon, but she was also in bondage to her owners. And and the and, and honestly these owners, you know what they cared about more than her? The love of money. The love of money, what is the root of all evil. I don't care. If it hurts you, I'm going to exploit you. I'm going to use you. And they cared—they cared more about their pocketbook than they did about her well-being. I need somebody in this house to start filling that in your heart. Say, God, I'm going to start seeing people and start caring for people, Lord. And you're going to be my supply, and I'm not going to worry about the rest of it. Amen. And several times Jesus was moved by compassion, and he did the supernatural right. And listen, if we want God to do the supernatural in our life, we got to do what we know to do and let God do the rest. Amen. So one way God uses us to build his kingdom is this, or his church is through the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the last one. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Amen. Is this. Everyone say love. All right, love. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 32. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. How many have heard this, this story? This is a beautiful story right here. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. Everyone say, unfastened. Verse 27. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, uh, uh, supposing that the prisoners had escaped of, of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And after... Uh, so here, this is interesting. After casting out this this demon of this young lady, the owners of this slave girl realized that their cash cow was gone. And they went to the magistrates of the city. And they said, hey, this Paul and this Silas, they're causing problems. They're, they're, they're not doing things. And so they went before these magistrates. And the magistrates, man, they came down hard on them. And they put them in prison. They put them in stocks and bonds and put them in the inner parts of the prison is what the scripture tells us. The worst part. Matter of fact, listen. I'm going to give you a little context of what it was like. Most scholars believe that they were in stocks and bonds that were connected to their feet and hand, and they were somewhere between standing and sitting. How many know that that is a terrible place to be? But it's interesting to me. I I love Paul and Silas' response. See, see, you know, we need to understand this: that the world may not always understand why you believe in Jesus Christ and the redemption power. And they'll answer with fear tactics and say, hey, if you believe that, if you say that, you're going to go to prison. If you say this, we're going to cancel you. You can't cancel the word of God. You can't cancel Jesus Christ. Amen. People have been trying for 2,000 years. And let me tell you something. God is sovereign and you won't stop him. Amen. But I like this. Paul and Silas, man, they are a great example to me. It says that they begin to sing hymns and they begin to sing praises and praying to the Lord loudly in a tight spot. But they already had the victory before the victory was already won. Listen to me, let me say that again. They already had the victory before the victory was won. Hey, I'm in jail. I love Paul's, I, I mean, Paul, I, I want to be like Paul. Man, in all circumstances, he found a way to share the gospel, to share joy, and to, and to give God praise. Amen? And, and it says, and, and I've preached this before. I, I've used this many times, and I've used the angle that, that your praise will set you free. But if I'm, if I'm being truthful and honest here, you know what? That's kind of a me-focused uh, message, really. Because if I begin to praise the Lord, uh, I get something out of it, right? All right. And I'm not saying it's, it's wrong. I'm just saying it, you know, sometimes I think, I think we, it's a little bit me focused. But, but here's the thing. When we begin to really truly praise God, when we begin to really focus our attention on him, listen listen to me, in spite and despite our circumstances, you may feel like you're in the prison and you're in lockdown like this. But if you can begin to give the king of kings adoration, not because of what he can do for you, but because you love him and because, uh, because you care about him and say, hey, God, I'm going to praise you anyways, despite my circumstances. And this is interesting, just as his hands and and deliverance. uh, He he you know, they they begin to walk in victory. And Paul and Silas, they were victorious before they saw the victory. Can I tell you something, church? Some of us have walked around in depression. We come to church, I don't want to praise. Tell me to lift my hands one more time, Pastor, and I'll smack you in the mouth. Right? I don't want to praise today. I'm not. I'm not in the mood. But here's the thing: if you will get in your heart that God is victorious before you even see the victory, your faith will be moved. And it's it's interesting. They begin to sing hymns and they begin to uh, uh, begin to give adoration. Uh, to the Lord. And, and as they begin to give praise, it says the prisoners were sitting there listening. I don't know what they were singing. I wish I did. I wish I could go back and see this moment. But they were singing something and the prisoners were listening. And then, then there's this earthquake and the foundations of the prison are broken and the doors open and the chains fall. Amen? Chains fall. Jesus, you change everything, right? And then this jailer, he wakes up and he's realizing that these men have probably escaped and he knows that by law that every man that escapes, he has to serve their sentence. And so he's like, I might as well just do myself in. And it says that he has his sword and he's about to kill himself. And, and verse 28 says this, but Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourselves for we are all here. He's saying this, listen, we're all here. Not one prisoner has left at the building right now. We're all here. And honestly, if you think about this, Paul and Silas could have ran. I don't know about you. If I'd have been free, I'd have probably been like, see you later, right? But not Paul and Silas. There's something interesting happened here following the leading of the Lord. I believe that Paul understood something. I think he understood what the law was and what was at stake with this man. And I think he began to see more important than his freedom, physical freedom at that moment, was the love that this guy needed. He said, stop, wait. Don't do this because guess what? You may be at at, at wit's end, but can I tell you something? There's hope. We're all here. We're not gone yet. How many know that God loves you and God cares about you? See, there's demonstration here. Yeah, God does an earthquake, but there is love here for the jailer. It's interesting to me. Verse 29 says, the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear. It says this, he fell before Paul and Silas. He fell before them. Okay, this is interesting. I mean, let's flip the script here. The jailer who probably heard him singing before and was probably like, be quiet, stop, and was probably mean to them and probably beat them at one point. I don't know. I can't I can't tell you that, but, but he is there and he's probably frustrated with it. But the script flips while they're singing, and there they are, and they could be mean and they could leave and say, hey, The Roman Empire will take care of you. But because of love, everyone say love. Because of love, I believe they stay there because they cared about this man. I I believe Paul did a very selfless thing here by staying because he showed compassion and love. And this man says this, what must I do to be saved? And it was was enough love that changed the trajectory of this man's life. Look at this, verse 31 and 32 says this. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. You know what you see in this story? You see demonstration, you see love, and you see the truth of God. This is amazing to me. And, 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 you know, Paul could have ran. He could have, he, could have, he could have left town, but he chose to love that day. Some of you are in circumstances right now where you want to run away from. You want to get away from. Maybe you have a family member that's frustrated you. Maybe you have a child, a wayward child, or whatever the situation. And you want to run away. Can I tell you something? Uh, Peter tells us this, that love covers a multitude of sin. God is love, Amen. And we're called and anointed and appointed to love others that will compel them to come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. So God uses love to build his church. Everyone say the truth. Everyone say demonstration. Everyone say the love of God. I want to tell you this today. When God used Paul and Silas and a group to build his church. And you know how he used them? Number one, they were obedient. They didn't go to Asia. They didn't go to that other town, Bethania. They went to Troas and God redirected them, but they went to Europe. And this is what I know. When you are obedient in the natural, God will do the super. I know you've heard me say that a hundred times. You need to get it in your heart. Listen, I think it can change the trajectory of people's lives. I think it can change the trajectory of your life. Amen? See, we see Paul preaching the gospel with the anointing to the poor, what Jesus said, to those without Jesus. And he's speaking there. And Lydia, being close, speaking the truth, hearing what Paul was saying about Jesus. And God softened her heart and opened her eyes and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And then she gave her resources to the church of Philippi. Look look at this. Look at this. So, And God used Paul to proclaim liberty to the captives by demonstration with the authority of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he would cast out this demon in Jesus' name forever changing the course of this young lady's life. Then the Lord uses Paul and Silas to show love, mercy, and kindness to the jailer. As God delivered them from prison, they... They set the man who was oppressed with no hope said there's liberty in Jesus' name with him and his house was saved. Let me tell you something. Why Why do I tell you all that? The church in Philippi was built, look at this. The church in Philippi was built on a designer, a demonic woman, and a jailer. Because Paul and his posse were obedient to the will of God. And let me tell you something. You're not too far too gone that God cannot restore and that God can't bring hope to your situation. Hear me out, somebody. God uses these these guys and let me tell you something the church of philippi was built was built on a designer a demonic woman and a jailer and listen it was one of the most dynamic churches in the new testament you know when the church in jerusalem was struggling you know where they got their money philippi cuz they were givers they were full of joy. Have you ever read Philippians? It is the, the book of joy you want you're down in your heart read the book of Philippians you'll be lifted up and, and Paul man when he talks to them he's giving them accolades because God did the supernatural amen so and, and some come by hearing of the truth and some come by the demonstration of the supernatural and some to come to the gospel by the love of Jesus Christ but listen listen to me cornerstone it's our job to compel them to come. Amen. man, I know this is different. I know you're expecting to, to really just, you know, have the Lord just speak to you. But listen, sometimes there, there's things that we need to really ponder on in our hearts. If you're here today and you say, hey, I don't have any hope, can I tell you that there's this hope, and it's Jesus Christ. Okay? If you're here today and you say, hey, I, I feel that in my heart. I feel conviction in my heart right now. I want to give you a chance to know Jesus today. I want to give you an opportunity to come with all heads bowed. No one looking around, please. If you you don't know Jesus, would you just lift your hand? Anybody in this building? I want to give you a chance to know him. There's hope. Everyone say there's hope. There's hope in Jesus. Come on. Would you take just a moment here? Anybody in this building? Anybody in this building? All right. Hey, if you're here today, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Come on. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on. Will you, listen to me, will you keep your heads bowed? Will you pray, pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe, Lord, that you lived in this earth a perfect life. You died on the cross for my sins and rose from the, the grave for my redemption. God, I confess That you are Lord. And I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that? We do this, will you stand with me just all across the building? I, I want to do this. I, I, I feel like I need to do this, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're here, and you say, hey, pastor, I hear you. I want God to use me. I want to be obedient to what God has for me. I, I want to touch lives. So I, I want to to be a... A, a change I, I want God to use me how he see, sees fits if that's you just raise your hand come on all across this building thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you this is what we're gonna do we're gonna pray a corporate prayer I'm gonna pray a corporate prayer over this 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 body listen you may reach some by the truth of God you may reach some by the demonstration of God and you and you may reach some by the love of God but listen this is what you need to do say God everyone stretch your hand say God I will be obedient to the call of God all my life. God, I will tell those who need to know about your saving grace, about the hope that is in me, in Jesus' name. God, I may speak to them in the truth of your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you soften hearts. God, give me discernment. God, I may move in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with me. God, I may be moved by love and compassion. But God, I say, Lord, let it be done in your name for your glory in Jesus' name. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen.